0: songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website.
1: Yeah. Oh, Brave Worship, episode 59. Is
0: that the right one? <laughs> You're listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Chrissy Nordhoff and Mary Beth Dodd. Brave Worship is all about encouraging women to write, lead, and live worship. in back us yes
2: actually, I actually have a voice this time remember last time I didn't have a voice yeah that's right yeah. we were
3: giving you oils and
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we're that's putting right. peppermint all over the place cause that supposedly heals everything <laughs> <laughs> Not supposedly right sorry Not supposedly. I just feel like every time anyone says anything that someone's like oh well here's peppermint put that on it <laughs> <laughs> you need another spray bottle open. right <laughs> yeah Right. What was that movie? Oh, it was My Big Fat Greek yeah. Wedding. Yeah. Windex. Yeah. <laughs> <Just sprayed laughs> yeah. <out of> everything.
4: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? yeah it's, it's just peppermint. peppermint. Yeah. yeah. This it smells, smells good. So yeah. yeah. No more. Yeah. I mean, I could, could be great. spraying Windex on you
2: right now, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good now. Are oh, you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good.
4: good. You're good. You don't even need peppermint. Today.
2: Nope. Even though we probably got some in this very room. I bet you do. <laughs> Probably hidden all over the place. She's like, oh. What is the yeah. <laughs> It comes in really handy oh.
1: that we had coffee the other day and I burnt my hand on oh, the yeah, coffee. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was trying to take a really great shot for my Instagram story and I dumped the coffee all over <laughs> <right. laughs> <laughs> the I was so embarrassed at how stupid it was and I just was like, I'm fine, it's fine. But Christy showed up and I was like, can't be laughing at her. You have any lavender? Instagram
2: strikes again. We that's Oh, so good. That's what you get, Instagram. That's what you get. It's hazardous. It's hazardous. It is, hazardous it
4: is. yes. It really is. <laughs> In so many ways. Mainly your mental health. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, the whole topic. Uh
2: oh, just went down. I will say, taking a rest from Instagram every now and then is very healthy, Yeah, I think.
4: Can I say, like, I just don't really, like... I th- It feels like such a chore to, like, post stuff mm-hmm. sometimes that it feels like you're just doing it to get it done.
2: Right. And
4: it's not really heartfelt. Yeah.
2: yeah. I feel that way about even going through people's stuff. I'm just like, oh, got to get to the end. Got to oh, get, you know, right. got to get through it. Like, I don't yeah, really... Yeah. That's me in life, period. Like if there's a drink, like I have to get to the bottom or that too. Like I I have to kind of finish things. Yeah. So like my email, like people who have like fifteen hundred unread emails on their and you're probably one of those people. That would drive me nuts. See, if I if I saw that, nope. Look at all of yours. I mean how many how many?
1: This is low for me. Text's only 11 right now. Yeah, I see? 172 voicemails.
4: Oh.
2: Hold on, I'll show I, you.
4: I do keep up with texts and phone calls, but. I'm pretty I, good with texts, but sometimes
1: you. I don't go down through them to get rid of, like, Cole's cash oh. app.
2: Oh, see? Yeah, I, I spend almost every morning unsubscribing from all that stuff. Are you serious? Yeah
4: and they're smart. still coming in <laughs> they still somehow That's they keep exactly coming
2: why we don't <laughs> yeah exactly. i know well, it I makes me it feel better Tried to like
1: unsubscribe from like everything that was like a store ad whatever yes. but i don't know what happened they sell it didn't their work list. or like there's more yeah like there's more
4: and yeah sell their lists and then yeah next thing you know it's like Bada boom, bada bang. It's like bunny babies. They keep popping up out of nowhere. Bunny babies. Um, <laughs> so
1: okay, this is so interesting. So, because we're talking about social media, I didn't plan on sharing this, but Chris just listened to um, Louie Giglio's Father's Day message, hmm. and he talked all about, like, Instagram. And, he did? Yes. He said,
4: mm-hmm. when
1: every time people post, not every time, sometimes people post and it's like they're saying... Um, Hold on. Wait for, Wait it. for it. Wait for
4: Wait it. For oh, it. okay.
1: So every time we post on social media, we're essentially giving people a piece of paper and asking them to like you and say encouraging things about you. Ooh. So in the message, he hands out paper and sharpies and asks the audience members to like him, draw a heart if you don't mind, say something nice about me, tell me I look good.
2: Wow.
1: Isn't that funny? And then he like went around, I guess, and, and asked all of them like, "What?" Or it was like, "What did you write? What did you write?"
4: No. Isn't
2: that crazy? Yeah. Imagine doing that. Like, that's crazy to think about actually doing that in person.
1: Right. Like, how can you imagine?
2: Like, walking up to people and being like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this photo? Okay? Yeah. Okay? That is crazy.
1: Is crazy. And it's crazy to balance. Like, we have to have somewhat of a presence on there, right? Right. Like, for ministry, right. for right. business, like, just yeah. to keep up with people. But how do you balance, like, keeping it up and keeping it, like, looking decent versus... Right, right.
2: it level actually level. being something that speaks to identity. Yeah. 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 Wow,
4: this just got real serious.
2: Yeah. Really? We started out by talking about a farm.
4: We were talking about the farm.
2: <laughs> did you guys know that these ladies grew up on a farm? Because yeah. I didn't know that.
4: We, did. we grew up on a farm. We had, let's name all the animals. We had chickens, ducks, and geese. I had a pet goose named Snuffy that bit me. (laughs) Then we had uh, pigs. And um, I think, were you born? You were probably. I don't remember pigs or Snuffy. We had a wire fence in the backyard with this pig pen. Yeah. And me and my other sister would sneak in and jump off. We also had a camper inside the pig pen. We jump off the camper and ride. Why? To ride the pigs. Why? But why is there a camper in the I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's get Dad on this podcast. I don't know. Dad, get on here. I don't know. We need this... to find out once and for all. I have no idea. You
2: rode the pigs. We
4: rode pigs for fun. That's what we did.
2: Were they big? Yeah.
4: They were oh. like regular big pigs. You guys rode on them? Yeah, we just thought it was funny. Did you eat them? Yes. Oh. You were delicious. <laughs> My dad went through uh, phases, you know, like okay. he could do a certain animal from a while, but he only kind of did one thing at a time. It was kind of like hobby farming, really, because yeah. he had a day job
1: too. He did pheasants
4: and quail and, and emus. Emus was next. What? Yeah. Okay. And they would get out, and we'd have to like call all the neighbors to come help us catch them. <laughs> <laughs> they were crazy. <laughs> They were crazy. Oh, the
1: best was when mm. we were hatching them in the basement. Do you know the story? No. So we like incubated the eggs and everything. And the eggs are like big. big. Yeah. I don't what was it? Like size of a softball but egg shaped.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Almost. <laughs> Almost and they're like emerald green. They're beautiful. But we had incubators and all this stuff and so we would incubate them and then when after they hatched, my dad would put them in our basement. Do you remember this? Yeah. <laughs> and they would a the table with like a little fence around the table. And I, one day I was home by myself. I was like in high school. And I hear all this racket in the basement and go down there. And a couple of them like grew overnight and were like taller than the fence and they were running all over the basement.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> like poop everywhere.
1: So I, ca- I caught
2: them, and they were, like, hard to catch, and they will kick you. See? It's crazy. Nope. I would have shut the door and walked away. I had a hamster named Harry, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry died on my birthday. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? The- <laughs> We both gasped and looked at each other. <laughs> what died on your birthday? Oh. I can't oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I old? can't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I tell it? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> tell the <a> G right <laughs> Okay.
4: It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, is it okay? I think
2: yeah. I'm on a farm. Right.
4: Right. You know, like, and that was why I emotionally disconnected myself from animals. <laughs> oh. Sorry, she's back the cat we're good but yeah so the the station wagon for some reason quit running down at the corner and um my dad was working on it and um
2: and i rode down on a
4: scooter with you and she was little we were both on the same scooter yeah we rode down there it was her birthday and um my dad said basically mary was this your cat (laughs) did the cat
2: get in the engine or something Oh, I used to have no. It was Siamese and
4: they're deaf, so I guess. <laughs> oh, that's what they said. <laughs> oh. Anyways, it was like, <laughs> we can, really, we can really relate to your sad birthday. Button. It
2: died because it was deaf?
4: Yes, and I said, Dad, it's her birthday! <laughs> and I like took her and shielded her from the scene and We rode oh, yeah. home on the scooter. Yeah.
2: Y'all, this is pure Michigan right I know. here. Pure
4: Michigan. How did you know?
2: Because you hear those commercials everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Tim the two-man Taylor on those things? Oh, probably Who's like pure Michigan, and they show all the water and stuff. Yeah. They don't show the nasty rivers that y'all were talking about. They don't. But... <laughs> no, they don't. Those
4: only happen on the farms. Yeah. We yeah. didn't get to the beach much. We weren't necessarily the preppy type. While we
2: were up oh, there. only the preppy go to the beach.
4: Well, sort of. No, we
1: that. could go some, but yeah, like Lake Michigan is like an ocean up there. Right?
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I've been like to a beach beach Holland beach. a bunch, and That's the, the beach there—I mean, that was like a legit. It waves and everything.
1: It's crazy. I remember taking Chris up there the first time. He's like, "You're not kidding. It does look like the ocean You're like, Yeah, you can't see the other side. Like right.
2: there's like 20 foot waves. It's crazy.
4: Days. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. yeah. <clears throat> But I'm glad you could
2: share all about that today. Yeah. Is there anything f- we need to hear about your, um... Um... Or anything, or... But <laughs> I'm sorry about No, that. Harry, he escaped, and he fell into the sink and, I guess, broke his neck or something. Oh! He was in the sink? That's it? Like, the laundry room sink, yeah. How in the world did he get up there? Well, his cage was up on the counter. Oh. Like on the counter the folding table or whatever and i guess he he would always chew through his cage like when's your birthday october 21st we know what we're getting we know what we're getting <laughs> No way. My neighborhood will have a stray hamster. <laughs> I'll just let it roam around. <laughs> it's an outside hamster. Yeah, it's an outside hamster. <laughs> It'll come back for food. Oh, oh it's so good. Oh, we'll wait to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. You might it's have the
4: first. best birthday no. ever, Mike. Harry
2: too. Oh. <laughs> Your girls would Oh, play. they would. They would probably kill it. They love it so much. <laughs> oh hug it so much.
4: Yeah. Oh man mm. <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. Well, well, we could tell stories all day. We but, could tell stories all day. And we love Mike because he's he feels like my brother, sorry. He's just mm-hmm. like, part of our family, so yeah. Sorry, you guys had to hear all these crazy conversations. <laughs> that we're so comfortable sharing right, right now, but um, but we wanted to dig in a little bit more about CrossPoint. Yeah. Because we didn't talk a whole lot about certain things. Yeah, just like logistics or yeah, you know um, yeah. yeah how you set up the structure and how the volunteer system works. Yeah. You do such a great job with that, um, that we felt like we needed a separate conversation just to hear
2: about that. All right.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, Crosspoint, so being in the heart of Nashville, I mean, it's unique because, I mean, a lot of churches are really hungry for great musicians because there's just not many in their, their town or their city, whereas Nashville, we have a lot of musicians, so you know, you find like one of two philosophies usually in a church, which one is like we kind of have a core band slash worship leaders and we kind of like they're the team. Crosspoint was set up to where we a we have multiple locations. So we have five physical locations and we started finding that man, we we need help. Like we need we need musicians, we need vocalists, we need worship leaders. And being where we are, close to you know Belmont and Lipscomb, and even just universities where young leaders are coming and naturally want to be a part of their church, and that's where they want to be a part of it. Um, we just kind of started a thing where we we do hold like auditions, so there is a process to get on the team. But we, I mean, as many people, I mean, our volunteer list for music alone is probably three hundred at this point. Um, we also have a lot of musicians who travel, so it's not <clears throat> it's not necessarily, we can't depend on the same people every weekend, which I think kind of helped create a cool culture, because it did create a culture of it's not the same people. Mm-hmm. We do have our core, for sure, um, and we do have um, certain, like, it's a different thing to be a worship leader, at the church, but, um, we, we utilize a lot of vocalists. So we have a lot of background vocalists that, um, go through the process and get on the team. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of one of those things too, where we were even talking just yesterday, how, um, the, the music team alone is kind of its own ministry in a sense. So out of all of those people, I mean, you have, you have some that are hardcore, believers who get it and are on the same page and then you have some who are kind of like I'm still figuring this thing out and I play drums and I I need community so they're we're we're kind of like we'd rather them be with us on a Sunday surrounded by great people than it be this like you know checklist of of things to even be on a stage you know um, and, and we do have, like, kind of a code of ethics for sure, but we're kind of – the motto at Crosspoint is everyone's welcome, and that's true um, for every aspect. Um, so, yeah, we, we utilize a lot of people, and every month we do a thing where they, we, they send us availability so we send out kind of a Google Doc to all of our volunteers and they go in and fill in days that they're available and not available and then it's my team's job to then go and plan musicians for all the locations and vocalists and worship leaders and so it's a lot. I mean, it's it's a lot to juggle, but um it's it's cool when we get the whole team together and you realize like wow, this is it takes a lot to Pull off church, and the community that they're building together is kind of the best part. It's the reason why we do it. That's so cool. hmm.
1: Love it. I, I think it's obvious, like <clears throat> that you guys are doing a good job of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I led worship on the west coast for a long time, and then moving back to this area um one of and we like we talk a lot about being a female in leadership yeah podcast yeah um and a female in you know songwriting and in the music industry and like that's most of our listeners are female yeah um and so it was cool the one time i got to go to your church to see you guys um having not just females but just diversity across the board in leadership yeah and that for me is like a hot button you know like i want to see that when i go somewhere i want to look and be like there's so many personalities that different people can identify with Mm -hmm. from they can see and i feel like on the west coast like that was more common Mm -hmm. since we've been here i feel like it's been less common yeah so i love seeing that at your church and one of the things we were talking about earlier is the challenge that it can be when you're bringing people into your team to make sure that, like, first of all, not all of them are going to lead a song on a given weekend. Right. Or right. call the worship leader. Yeah. And sometimes, really, like, you have one or two maybe on a weekend. That's kind yeah. of the worship leader, right? Mm-hmm. And then the rest are um, vocalists. Or, yeah. um, but how do you guys like make sure that each of those people feel like they're like ministering and yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, hey, you're a you're a background vocalist, but you are leading worship. Yeah, leader. you know
2: what I mean. Yeah, and that's something that's really important to us, even down to the musicians. You know, we're like, hey, we are all. There might be someone who is considered the worship leader, but we are all playing a part in leading the entire congregation in worship. And the thing that I love about even just our vocalists is we even say, yeah, you might have your two, let's just say center worship leaders. But it's like, I mean, especially in our Nashville room, it's big enough to where it's like you can't engage with the whole room. So we take our our vocalists and we say, hey, like you are leading an entire section of people. Like they're looking at you and taking cues from you, even though you might not be the one leading the song. So it is you, I mean you are literally leading worship in that's in that context because you have this section of the room that you're leading, that you're kind of responsible for in a way. And then just in general, I mean, we we try to do a good job of, you know, every Sunday just casting the vision of, of what we're doing, what people are walking in with, Um, just even as a team. You know, it's like, Lord, let this fall fresh. Like, let this be new for us. I mean, we do... Four services downtown, and when you're doing multiple services, I mean, you guys know it's like, all right, Lord, like give us something for this service. And one of the cool things that um I've loved, even with our pastor Kevin Queen, is we've each service kind of has its own personality, which is interesting. So it's like we we approach each service even with a different mindset. Of you know you realize like your our nine o'clock service is a lot of our core people, so it's like they even engage worship differently than our um, our eleven o'clock, which is our a lot of visitors and a lot of you know first time guests, and it's like that's kind of a different core. So even when I'm leading worship, I speak to each service differently, if that makes sense. And like our five thirty, we kind of we we've kind of said that our five thirty is actually the beginning of the next weekend it's it's really interesting like they're kind of like our service of it's kind of younger college students and people that really more like go after it in worship and we kind of feel like that service sets the tone for the next weekend i don't know if that makes any sense but it's just kind of like something internally that we've talked about so even that like casting the vision for our team of each service being unique people with you know, a different feel and a different vibe, and it's not just, let's go repeat what we just did and not mess up, you know? But it's like, yo, let's, these are, this is the first time people are engaging this. Like, let's, Lord, make that true for us too. So I think in doing that, you know, I think Crosspoint's gone through We talked a little bit about it on the last podcast of just the transition and where we've come from. And we came from a culture of excellence, which we still have that. But it's like that was the main focus of, like, just be, be good, basically. Like, we had excellent players. Transitions were excellent. I mean, all those things. And while those things still matter – um, it's way more about like you ask Kevin Queen, what's your expectation in worship, and his response is the presence of Jesus. So it's like that. It seems it seems elementary, but for our culture, it's it's shifted over the last couple years. Of like, all right, Lord, whatever you want, you know, like we are going to do our best to plan and prepare, and especially when you have that many volunteers at that many different spots, it does take a lot of planning. Um, but we've we're getting to the spot where um, I feel like leaving room for the Holy Spirit is just as important. So like we're okay if things don't go as perfect as we planned or wanted. Um, because yeah, I mean, gosh, our our pastor, <laughs> he's like, I, I might not do this every service, but he's like, the Lord tells me to stand up on my chair during worship, I'm gonna do it you know whereas before that wasn't really kind of the heart of our pastor so we are kind of in this new era that's really exciting for us as a church which is just all right lord like we're going to we're going to do what we can but come in and do what you want to do so all of that plays into the vision for our volunteers too of just that shift of it's not about you not messing up because if that's the goal anybody can do that. Like, our goal is to come in, invite the Holy Spirit, and worship. Like, if we aren't worshiping as a team, how can we expect other people to go there with us? So I think that plays into the initial question, which is, you know, how do we all kind of carry that weight of leading worship? And I think it's, we can't take people where we haven't gone ourselves. So like, and that's for the whole team. So.
1: I love it, and um, <clears throat> sorry, Frog. Frog came in. Um, something that you mentioned that I love is just that vision piece, and yeah. I think you know sometimes we um, in worship departments will lean on the lead pastor to bring the vision, and hmm. we'll just you know, but the reality is when we're building teams. We have to cast a vision, even for rehearsal. Yeah. What does rehearsal look like? Yeah. what does What is the service going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is what helps to create those moments and that atmosphere yeah. where people feel that. And I think I've been in so many situations where nobody says what it is that we're going to do. We just assume the volunteers and the team know.
2: Oh, wow. Ahead. Yeah. When
1: the leader does what you're talking about and you get in and you cast vision because you can't just do it once. You have to recast right? And recast yeah. recast. But you're doing that, then you're actually like, there's no elephants in the room. Right. Everybody knows exactly where they're going. Right. I love that you guys are like assigning almost like a <sighs> section. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. It's like you're pastoring this group of people. Yeah.
2: And one of the things that I've realized, and it's hard because you never want to have like hard conversations or, I mean, because there's, I mean, a church our size, we have a lot of people who want to be in the worship leader spot or want to be on the team or, and it's like what I've found is being clear and kind is is always the win. Because you think, oh, well, we'll just kind of dodge why that person's not, like, in a worship leader spot yet, or we'll kind of just, you know, but it's like, I've just found if if you're direct with people, you know, speaking, I mean, even down to, gosh, we have um, people on our team where it's like, hey your voice, the keys that you want to sing in isn't best for your voice. Like it's, it's not great for even leading other people. Like, let's, let's work on like adjusting what feels natural to you, you know, just like, again, we're, and we're also saying we're not the, um, it's not American Idol. You know what I mean? Like we're not one saying you're good or you're not good. We're, we just filter everything through the context of, you know, what is the vision of our church, what is the sound of our church, and kind of filtering things through that. Because we might have someone come through who is an incredible opera singer, like amazing, but that doesn't really fit in the context necessarily of what we do. Even though we find moments for that, you know, like we'll do choirs and and things like that um, throughout the year where that's more of like, yeah, anyone who wants to come, let's do this. Um so there are there are definitely still things that we have to you know address but I found that when you address them clearly and kindly people respond to that you know like positively because they want to be better in their craft or they want to be you know and that's where it's like I just feel It's not a burden, but I feel like, man, where we are in the city that we're in and what we're doing, it's like we have such an opportunity to raise people up that then go out to the world. You know what I mean? And I feel that way about our musicians, our worship leaders, our songwriters. Like we're talking about, you know, building a songwriting community. It's like that's not just for the benefit of Crosspoint, because naturally, most of those people are going to come through Crosspoint and then leave and go somewhere else. So but it is it's like a cool chance for us to go, man, if for a couple years we can pour into these people and they leave us better than where they came in. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, right? You know, because for most most churches I feel like not most, but you you're you're constantly asking from from volunteers or, you know, worship leaders or band people We really want, even down to, we want the spouses of people on our team, we want them to want their spouse to be on our team because they feel cared for. So we even have someone on our team who reaches out to you know, especially the musicians that travel reach out to their spouses during the week while they're gone, checking in on them just because it's like for us, if we're not doing those things and we're not, we're just using people, we're not like caring for them.
1: That's awesome. You guys are doing a good job hmm. caring for people. I mean, even that, I feel like somebody's practicing <clears listening throat> right now that's like, Oh, I never thought of connecting with, you know, yeah. the spouses of that's teams, but it's huge. Because yeah. I certainly had team members where they were like, I can't play for a while. I, it took too much from my family. Yeah. So I love that involving them and making them
2: part. Yeah. And doing events that they, like the whole family can come to and not Mm -hmm. just the team. Um, yeah. Really
4: good. Well, and I think specifically being in this city and, you know, in an industry, which is known for, you know, we've talked about before the Nashville No, um, which is where you're, you're not sort of given a clear answer back and things are like real, you know, confusing and promises are made and not followed through with and there's it's just hard to know where you stand a lot of times. I love that you said clear and kind. Mm -hmm. Um so that even if people are experiencing that outside of the church, they find the church um, a safe place to hear that yeah feedback. Yeah you know that's huge in this town specifically in this town
2: to hear that kind of yeah. I mean, and it's a process to get there for sure, yeah. because it's it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, you're great, but we just don't have room on our team right now. And, you know, as opposed to saying, you know, the audition was kind of pitchy and your harmonies aren't really confident. So let's work on that and come back and, you know, and offering people that they can work with and okay. vocal coaches. And, you know, <clears throat> it is it's 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 hard. Obviously, but, that. but, and that's, and everyone receives that differently. You know, some people are really grateful and some maybe aren't, but that's just where it's like, okay, we feel like we've done the best job we could as far as giving them a reason why it's no right now, you know? Yeah.
4: And direction for <clears throat> where to go next. It's
1: really good. Yeah. I actually, like, I, I feel like that's one of the scariest things when people get into a worship pastor, worship leader role. Yeah. When they think about, oh my gosh. And I remember thinking that too, 21, 22, like, what if I have to tell somebody that they can't, you know, sing or be a part of it? And my first ministry experience, we were like, it was like, nope, everybody, come everybody. And yeah. be very fair, and we didn't get to do a lot of, like... We did some, like, hey, why don't you sing this? Why don't you do this? But I also had this feeling, like, if I had one vocalist lead a song, I felt like I needed to give everyone the same opportunity, and it it took me a long time to grow into, okay, no, everybody's gifts are different. Yeah. You don't have to make it even. Right. You kind of have to then reteach that culture in some churches where you're like, sorry, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's not going to look exactly the same. Right. Um, and then also, I had to learn like, I remember one time I had a lady audition and she must have been like 75. She was very Aww.
2: Tall, sort of routine, <laughs> Yeah.
1: And we were doing some really fast, like, Toby Mac or something song back then. <laughs> and she had to come in and, like, sing it for me. And it was hard. And Aww. that was one of the first times I ever had to say, like, okay, here's what I want you to work on. Take this and go work on it. You know? And I like that approach a lot because you can, you can be honest with where they're at, but you're also like, people can improve immensely. If oh listening. yeah. You know? Yeah. They really can. Yeah. And specifically musicians. I had a guy who came in and he was like an adult and learned guitar for the first time. Wow. He sat in rehearsal for probably years. Yeah. Unplugged. Yeah. Learning, playing, taking lessons, you know, doing everything.
2: And then eventually so good. we put him up, you know? Yeah. And now he's a great musician. Well, and that's where it's like I mean, we all I mean, I'm a maybe you guys didn't, but like I started in the church, you know, like that's where I I started playing guitar. I started leading. Like if, if my youth pastor didn't pour into me the way that she did and give me the opportunity when I was awful to lead, you know, it's like I wouldn't be where I am now. So I that is the other the other thing for us is we do have we're you know, it's like, hey, you might not be Sunday ready, but we want you to kind of pour into students for a little bit, and like where it's a little less um, pressure and it's fun, and you kind of get to pour into the kids there. So that's that's always kind of a thing for us too. But I will say one thing that Crosspoint hasn't done a great job with that we're currently in the process of working on fixing <laughs> is like getting students involved and in that spot because my thing is like i feel really strongly about the fact that yes you can always bring in a great band of college students and they can come and they can lead and it's awesome there's nothing wrong with that but i think students um receive it different when they're being led by their peers like that to me is something that is even if it's not good, like, even if it's not nearly as good as the college students or the adults, it's, like, the fact that it's the people that they go to school with and the people that they hang out with leading them, it's just different. So, like, that's a big thing for for us in our current season is we've got to start cultivating that culture of students leading students um, just because I think it's important. And that's how, I mean... That's how I started. I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't. So,
1: yeah. I love it. We have to be training the people who are going to be coming in Right. five years, right. ten years. Right, right. For yes, sure. like I love that, and I love the mixture even of that. Like some college students still playing, yeah. and then bringing in maybe one or two. Yeah, you know, high school or middle yeah. school, even sometimes student, and mixing them in. Yeah, um, we I've probably shared this before, but we had a kid, um, a kid, a, yeah, he was a kid. Um, his name was Eli, and he came in, and he was like one of those prodigies that had spent hours playing guitar, you know, in his yeah, brother. and he was 13 when he started playing with our team, wow. and he is now fast forward let's see seven years maybe he's the worship pastor
2: that's at my so cool yeah and
1: so i get to be a part of like commissioning him we yeah happened to be there that weekend it was awesome to watch mm-hmm. and it was a slow progression like right. literally we would forget we'd be like doing prayer time with the team and it's all these like married guys and like you know all of us were just older in a different phase. And there's this guy, he's like 14, then he's 15, you know? Yeah. But it was mm-hmm. super cool because, number one, he had more talent than almost any of us. Right. Because he was right. just so good. But right. we also got to watch him mature as a leader, as yeah. a person, and his faith, and, mm-hmm. you know, all the things. So it was cool. I mean, it's risky, right? When you start bringing yeah. people that are younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes crazy things happen, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs>
1: but, I love it. I love yeah. raising up. Yeah. It's like calling people up, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's the thing with peers leading peers. It's like you're not even saying it, but by just them seeing it, you're calling them up into something yeah. more.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're helping them believe that God can use them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, and that, I mean, I, I, we even want that as adults, right? Like yeah. we still, like I still long to be called up, yeah. you know? So it's like to do that at that age. I don't know. It's 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 important, and so that's again, it's something that we haven't done a great job with. That you know, we're we're working on because okay. it's important. So, it's good that you know. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. One more thing I wanted to ask you about is the setup of your office because I think it's the coolest.
2: Thing yeah. So this was set up even before I was there. But our – so our creative team is just all in one big room. So it's just like an open communal office space. Um, We have – gosh, they're just like world market tables that are pushed together that we all just kind of sit around. And in that big room, we will have like a music team table. We have a production table, a, a communications team. And then um a media team table, but the whole goal is is really just it's super collaborative like our our whole team at any given point are all kind of working on and in each other's space, and sometimes, like especially for the introverts in in the on the team they we had to establish a thing called um office hours, which is like if someone has headphones on, that means they're in their office. So it's not constantly like um bothering people. But yeah, it just it 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 would be so different if cause there's times where it's like, oh music team, could we just have our own space so we could play our music loud and you know, do whatever. But it would it would drastically change the dynamic in the environment of our team if we were to go off and be in some other part of the building, like naturally. So it it definitely keeps it keeps it from feeling like silos like well we're the music team or we're the this and it it feels very much like we're all on the creative team like we're all a part of making weekends happen and events happen and um so yeah it's it's i think it's fun just because i like being around people yeah. um but i do think from just a logistical standpoint the the end um result is better than if we were just kind of all doing our own thing.
4: Yeah. Cause you can ask each other in real time. You're not even having to email each other. Totally. You're just right
2: there. Yep. Face to face. Imagine that. Uh, right.
4: Email and
2: talk right. Gosh, which I so prefer. I mean, yeah. we still use like Basecamp, which anyone who's part of like a larger organization, it's like, it's, it's software that helps keep track of things. I hate it personally. Because I just want to be like, yo, what do you need? But um, so it's, it's a combination of both. There's structure and then there is still just the communal yeah. aspect. That's but, awesome. yeah. It's a
4: fun feeling when you walk in that
2: room. It's crazy. Yeah.
4: That's
2: but, awesome. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, in no way do we feel like we have figured it out in any of this that we're kind of talking about today. It's more just... This is kind of where we are in the process of trying to figure it out, and some of the things we feel like work really well, and some you know still need work and um but for the most part, I do love the fact that when i when I look around Nashville um I do love that I know I can invite people to crosspoint and they can be a part of what we're doing, yes. whereas that's that's not necessarily the case. At every church, which again, I I don't think that's right or wrong. I just I I do appreciate the fact that it is a come one, come all. We can find a spot. You know,
1: I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that I'm sure that room just kind of tells of that culture of the church at large. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like mm-hmm. a little picture of it, which is really fun. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you,
2: Mike. Are you... Yeah, thank you. Anytime, y'all. This is like I come down the street and we just hang I out. Oh, you live like five minutes I love it. That's
4: it. so perfect. Awesome. So thanks
2: for sharing your
4: heart with us yeah. and um, your
0: hamster
2: story. <laughs> I can't wait for October 21st. Yes.
4: So <laughs> Me too. We'll, have we'll be like, damn, <laughs> <Hi, mate. laughs> <laughs> 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 Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Named something close mm-hmm. to Harry. <laughs> 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 Uh,
2: I named him Harry because he was literally Harry. <laughs> yeah. right.
4: Well, thank you, and we are cheering you on at Cross Point. We love what thank you're you Thank you. And um yeah, thank Keep you for up. what you're doing for the town hmm. for your church. Hmm. Appreciate you
2: guys. Well, thanks.
4: Absolutely.
1: Thank you guys for joining us. Please connect with us at BraveWorship.com, Brave Worship Community on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram at braveworship.
0: You've been listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Dove Award-winning songwriter Chrissy Nordhoff and worship leader and music pastor Mary Beth Dodd. Visit braveworship.com forward slash free song and sign up for the email list to get updates on all the latest Brave Worship events, conferences, and retreats. Plus, get free songs to use in your next worship service, complete with chord chart and track. Also, find out how you can join Chrissy and Mary Beth in person at the next Brave Worship conference. Simply visit braveworship.com forward slash conference to learn more.
3: The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award winning and Grammy nominated, uh, drum roll here please, <laughs> our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation, You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.